as you continue to arrive every moment in this moment. Arriving in the present moment Arriving in this body, how is this body feeling this morning? Is it feeling light, feeling good? feeling achy, tired, whatever it is, just noticing. No need to judge. No need to want things to be different. Just opening up to the truth of the moment. It's like this, being human in this body. This morning is like this. Allowing the attention to settle on the breath, on the sensations of breath within the framework of this body. Allowing the breath to flow however it flows. In its own terms, shallow or deep. and simply letting the butterfly of awareness gently rest on the breath.
from the stability, the calmness of being with the breath within the body. We open up our practice to thoughts this morning. Thoughts are like any other phenomena. To be observed, they arise and pass away. Observing the thoughts from the vantage point of not your head, but your body. Allowing your attention to be stable in the body and noticing when thoughts arise simply noticing. No need to get on a train of thought and travel down the road to faraway lands. Simply notice, resting at the station of the body, observing the trains come and go without need to hop on them. Different trains, different thoughts have different destinations. Simply rest at the station of the body. And see them come and go. It might be helpful as you notice these trains of thoughts coming and going to label them, to see them clearly. Oh, planning. Worries. Memories, anxious thoughts, daydreams, (coughs) simply putting a label which could just be thinking, thinking as simple as that. It helps to see them clearly for what they are and not to take the train so personally.
If you notice that your mind has hopped on a train and is now in a far distant land, no problem. Simply notice that and gently, without judgment, bring the mind back to the station of the body, the breath, and rest.
from the stability and spaciousness of the body. Thoughts can simply arise and pass away in this fear of awareness. You can be with them as if bubbles of air rising to the surface of the water, you see them arise. You see them come and go. If there are a lot of thoughts repetitively about the same topic, there might be an emotion underneath that's fueling them, then I invite you to open to mindfulness of emotions as Dara led us through yesterday. Letting go of the story, letting go of the thoughts, and noticing the sensations of the emotion, the energy in motion in the body.
thoughts arise and pass like the clouds in the sky. Clouds in the sky of the vast awareness of the mind. They come and go. Don't take them personally. Don't believe them all. A playful technique for not taking them personally and not believe them is to imagine the thoughts that are coming up are thought bubbles from someone sitting around you, somebody in the front, in the back, to the sides. Imagining it's their thoughts you're observing. Try this. And see how it works for you. At any point, if, if opening up to thoughts seems too overwhelming, simply allow the attention to come back to the breath and the body and rest in the stability of the body.
Good morning. Can you hear me okay back there? Yeah? Good, great. <clears throat> so we have some time this morning for questions, clarifications, comments, either about your practice, instructions this morning, or the talk last night, which Jaya will take. And I will start with um, a couple questions that were posted <coughs> for us, which actually one has to do with thoughts. So if it hasn't been addressed yet, During meditation, one challenge that arises is that I notice something, a thought regarding a work project, sleepiness, etc., and I'm not sure whether to investigate it with kindness in that moment or whether to gently let it go and come back to the breath. Any helpful guidelines regarding letting go or investigating? So, regarding thoughts, as, as I was offering this morning uh, in the guided instructions. Um, when you're in your sitting meditation, during your meditation sit, when thoughts come up, um, as a part of your practice, you see them, you observe them, you don't get on the train and go with them. So that investigation would be going with them. And if they keep coming back, one thing that's been useful for me is to say, not now, not now, not now. And again, not not aggressively saying not now, but just gently, not now, trusting that the thoughts about work, about plan, planning, future, etc., these thoughts will still be there after your practice, they'll still be there, and in fact, the wisdom that arises to work with that topic, with that problem, will be from a deeper place if you allow your, your mind to settle in in the stability of the practice. So the suggestion would be to gently let it go and not investigate the thought, what what should I do, why is this coming up? As a part of this practice, we observe the thoughts with with lack of attachment, with not taking them personally, and we let them go. Later, with a fresh mind, from a wisdom mind, then, of course, investigate and think about the issue that has come up. Second question, can you please talk about how to work with feeling blocked or stuck around difficult emotions or experiences? The word blocked or stuck in this note gives me a sense of feeling that there is something there, some emotion there, but it's not accessible. So what I would offer and suggest you do is to trust, is to trust that this emotion, this feeling, when it is ripe, when it's time for it, will come to the surface um, and not try to push it to the surface, not try to push yourself through working with it and solving it. There is some wisdom in the body and the mind that brings up things when when we're ready for it, when we're ready to, to work with it, it will come up. And if this does not, what I said, does not address the question, so please uh, ask one of us in the group interviews or, or write another note if that's not exactly what, what you meant in the question. So I'd like to open the floor for questions this morning. There's one back there. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about concentration practice. There's some teachers who really emphasize it, and there are other teachers who say it's not really that important. Um, And I notice that I'm able to sit in mindfulness for about maybe 35, 40 minutes, and then the last 5 or 10. It's not that there's a lot of thoughts. It's more just... um, I'm not able to sustain the focus on the breath. So sometimes I like look out the window and notice something else, but I can't keep the concentration on the breath. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, 
what you're asking actually is slightly, I, I'm going to tease it apart to slightly two different things. One is <coughs> concentration practice as a dedicated practice to support um, practice of insight. Um, and the, an, another part of your question is about um, needing a level of concentration stability of the mind in, um, in your insight practice, in your Vipassana practice. So let me address the second one first. So with the second one, um, concentration, samatha, samadhi, that stability of the mind that we've been talking about, allows the mind to see clearly, to have that insight, to have mindfulness, to, to be with things, to gently touch and stay. So it is an integral part of the practice, and, and it isn't, uh, they go together. Now, as you started to ask about concentration practice, developing really deep concentration and, and uh, deep states of absorption in order to practice, that's some teachers say, yes, you need that. Some teachers say you don't. And it really depends on your proclivity, proclivity of the mind. Either way works. There, there are plenty of realized beings who've, who've gone through it both ways. So you don't need deep states of samadhi and jhanas in order to to have um, liberating insights. And if people have the proclivity, then it can actually be very helpful if, if, if one has the proclivity to it. It's like putting a motor on a rowboat. If one has the proclivity, it, it, it really helps the practice of insight a lot more. Um, does that address your question? Is there more there that... Oh, the, so the practice basically would be, so the way we have been opening up our attention to, to thoughts, to emotions, to various things, with concentration practice, you just stay with one object. You just stay with the breath, anapanasati. There are various objects you can choose, but the, the most straightforward one tends to be anapanasati, which is mindfulness of the breath. So you just stay with the breath. You just stay with that. And when a thought comes, you just come back to the breath. Um, you don't observe the, the thought coming and going and labeling. You don't do any of that. You just come back. You come back. You come back. You just you stay. You stay. And after a while, the mind really takes the object. Um, that that object um, is, is the focus, continues to be the focus. My question is, how do you know the difference between self-indulgence and self-care? And how do you strike a balance of realizing when something is self-care or when something is self-indulgence and just that dynamic? Tell me what's what's coming up for you. What's what's behind that? Um, For me, like, sleepiness was a struggle this morning in the practice. Um, and I was trying to decide if it would be self-care to give into that or if it'd be self-indulgence. Mm. Um, and that has been a struggle or something I've been playing with a lot and just in the day-to-day life of like enjoying something that's pleasant, you know, like enjoying the little pleasures of life, like the sweet pie that we had yesterday or, mm. um, you know, <laughs> Just, just little things like that. The balance between self-care and how to know the difference between indulgence and, and self-care. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the question. There are two different things you're bringing up again, and, and let me tease them apart. <coughs> Let's talk about sleepiness, for example. So if you, no- if you notice sleepiness, so the first thing wouldn't be to say, okay, I'm just going to leave and go take a nap. So the, the ways to work with it, first you come up, w- you, you work with, with, say, sleepiness or other hindrances in skillful ways. You open your eyes, you go for a walk, you s- do standing meditation, you do your best. And then if your body is really sending you a signal that I'm just tired, you need to take care of me, then you honor that and then you go take a nap, right? So 
you work with it in a way of wisdom without any guilt then when um, after you, you decide to go for a nap because you have tried to work with it. And then, as you were saying in daily life, as it comes up, whether is it enjoyment, is it indulgence, and, and the delicious pie yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's Buddhism does not, this path doesn't teach us to be averse to, to the pleasant. It does not teach us that at all. The pleasant, in fact, as you might have noticed, these moments of, of stillness and peace and ease are very pleasant. Um, and the Buddha was called the happy one. So the distinction, however, is getting attached to, to this pleasure of the pie. Oh, I want more pie. This is great. This is all it's about. But, or, or having the, noticing the pleasant, allowing yourself to be refreshed by it, enjoy it. And, and knowing that it arises and passes away. So enjoying it, relishing, and, and it comes and goes. And the pie is an example of en- everything else or anything else in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you. Way back there. <coughs> Uh, this is a question for Jaya. Um, your your talk yesterday briefly mentioned um, letting go into death, and um, over the last year, there have been. Sorry, I'm just really emotional. There, there have been two people um, who have died. One, one got sick, and the other took his own life. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to kind of contemplate the Buddhists understanding of those two very different ways of dying. I'm really sorry to hear of your loss. Respect. What to say in my in my talk last night? I was talking more about the sense of ourselves rather than the the um, process of losing people that we love. I think the Buddha's teaching on on dukkha uh, is pointing out to all of us the the inevitability of loss of all kinds, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that it's very, uh, it's very difficult for us to process, to come to terms with, and to, to even understand, particularly in a situation where somebody takes their own life. And that it takes a process of grieving for these things. And we have to, like Nikki said, with other things, we have to let them take their own time and we have no, you know, we don't understand sometimes what motivates people to do the things that they do. Um, and all that we can do is really hold that with compassion and non-judgment. And, um, yeah, it's very, it's sad. And I'm sorry that there's no... There's nothing much more that I can can add to that. Um, sometimes, uh, just to to uh, know that other people also 
have been touched by, by similar things. I, I suspect um, there might be other people in this room who've also been touched by loss in that way. In fact, I was, I was thinking about a friend of mine this morning when I was on a walk. And sometimes that's you know, one of the, the classic stories of the Buddha is about Kisa Gotami who lost her, her young child. And one of the things that the Buddha did actually to comfort her was to um, make her go around and, and see what had happened in other households and just to, to, for her to understand that actually other people had also lost relatives and so on. It actually, um, it kind of helped her hold, hold the grief in a larger context to recognize the, the, the predicament of being human and that these things unfortunately happen. Does that help in some way? Thank you, Jaya, and thank you all for the questions. Oh, we're out of time. <clears throat> yeah, time for announcements. Sorry. Um, so, starting this afternoon, <clears throat> the schedule is going to shift a little bit as we start preparing for integration and our next retreat, which is the one at home. Our life is a retreat in a way. Our practice doesn't end. So the um, sit this afternoon will be shorter, the yoga will be a little shorter, and then there will be closing announcements at 3.45, 3.45, so please, please attend please attend that session at 3.45. And then after that, <coughs> the closing announcements at 3.45. I'm repeating it 10 times. 3.45. Did anyone miss it? 3.45. Uh, <coughs> 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 3.45. 
or sneezing, sneezing, bring it back, movement, 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 <laughs> touching, touching, touching. Make it a part of your practice. Okay. okay, great. We'll have a lovely day of practice.